We are recording. This is podcast number one. Numero uno. Numero uno. The first. This is history, boys. All right. So we can welcome everybody to the official first IOTV podcast. We've uh, started this as basically an extension of the show that we have. It's our, uh, well, this will be our 17th year on Outdoor Channel and and, and this is just an extension of that. So welcome, everybody. We've got uh, to my right here is Callahan. To my left is Shane. And to my other left is Matt. These guys and Dusty is not here. He's our he's our fifth member. He's uh, what's he doing? He's got to get his fertilizer he's, out. He's, he's fertilizing um, before the rain. alfalfa fields, I believe. That's right. So there will be any combination of us during these podcasts, but it will be us to some extent. One of us, probably never. Two of us sometimes. Three of us sometimes. Four, maybe five. However life allows it. Yeah. So probably rarely four, five, but maybe the four an occasional guest. Five um, would five would be a lot of conversation back and yeah, cutting over yeah. each other, so it might be kind of tough. Three with guest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because five would be busy. Somebody's not going to talk very much. <laughs> I got that. Good job, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Know, so your, know your role. <laughs> Inside Outdoors TV started back in 2007. Uh, originally, there were four of us, um, and Matt and Shane and myself were three of those four. I've known Matt. 1993. 1993. Shane, I don't know what the year was. It was uh, still dark out. It was. We were like 12. Yeah. Um, Dusty came on board. What did we figure that? Eight years? Ten years ago? Well, we went to Missouri. What year was that? That was on your hunt, Matt, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2009? 08? 09? 09. Okay. And then Callahan, we met. Uh, I, w- I wasn't even born whenever you <laughs> <laughs> Callahan's the pup. Uh, he's the he's the the new kid <laughs> hey, on the kid. block, but a lot of history between us. Um, it's 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 been a crazy sixteen years. Um, you know, when we started this, it was kind of a just what sitting around having a conversation about how fun it would be to have a hunting show, and and uh, Dave, one of the original four, was working at an archery shop. Met you. We yeah. got to talking with Matt, and we all was like, "Hey, let's let's do a TV show." And you know, I, our my family had a production company, and so we thought, "Hey, we can do this." So we grabbed a camera and <clears throat> filmed a sow getting killed with a twenty-two for uh, our pilot show, an Atoka, Oklahoma hog. Yeah, hunt. that was uh that was the number one first episode. It was a what we submitted for our pilot show, and I don't think that it would even make it through the front door today. <laughs> but they liked it for some reason, and it's it's been uh, different times. A different fun, times. Well, it, it's group. a mantle piece. <laughs> yeah, there, it ex- it exists somewhere <laughs> out there. Um, but so you know, a little background on the each of us. Um, you know, I grew up here in in Tulsa, uh, production company. My dad started almost forty years ago, and grew up 
just doing production, being around production, a lot of outdoor, mostly fishing shows. And, uh, you know, this show was a, a fun opportunity for me to, to get in more involved in, you know, what I was kind of doing a lot of, starting to do a lot of in my spare time. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a good excuse to have the company pay for us to do something we love. <laughs> well, we were doing it anyway, so... It just made sense. That's right. Gives you that extra excuse to get out there. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, I met Shane when we were like 12, sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade. So obviously grew up around here too and played ball together. And now you are? 22 fire. years in the fire service. Um, didn't think I'd ever be into the fire service. You know, again, Matt, Tim, and I played baseball together in high school. I've went on to play college ball. Matt went with me. Um, or did you go with me? Well, touche. I went with Matt to play college ball and uh, carried it on, graduated and went to work behind a desk and absolutely hated sitting still and being behind a desk on a regular basis. And my wife's friend, we go to a movie one night. And he's like, man, he was a firefighter at another city. And he was like, you should think about being a firefighter. I was like, it seems like it would fit. Why not? So the very next day, I enrolled in basic EMT school, told Shauna, my wife, I was, I'm going to be a firefighter. And she was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) sure. (laughs) Enrolled, and I tested around for two years, couldn't even get an interview. And then uh, she was like, you've seen the calendars, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're a lot taller, guys. (laughs) So um, got lucky two years into the testing process, and then uh, now I'm, riding around in a suburban, a battalion chief for a department um, just outside of Tulsa and been there 22 years. So, Awesome. Matt, you were uh, you still putting pipe together? 24 years. Yeah. I've been at the same company 24 years. I do, uh, I do some supervising now that I'm getting old, <laughs> old-ish. Uh, yeah, I started there in 99 as a welder. Uh, a lot of the overtime went to another part of the plant, and I just chased it. You know, newly married, newly newlyweds, um, starting a family, and uh, chasing chasing the money wherever the money went. That's where I went, and uh, yeah, it, it's been a good try. We've been a great company to be a part of. Uh, afforded me a lot of time to to start the family, raise my kids, raise my daughters. Uh, spent a lot of quality time with my wife. And then a lot of quality time with, you know, Shane through the years, Tim later on. And, uh, you know, it's not like we ever lost touch or anything, but we all started families. Life. Life. And then, Yeah, which uh, so, you know, back, I don't know, you know, you guys, you and Shane, there was a handful of years that you guys, you know, weren't with the show. You, you guys started the show and then, you know, as kids got older and – you know, like we said, life happens. You guys sort of took a hiatus, raised your family. Kids are getting older now. Your girls are how old? <laughs> 20 and 17. And Kennedy graduates tomorrow, um, 18, and then Wiley starts driving in August. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been cool to see, you know, you guys, you know, for good reason, step away from the show, focus on family, and, and now, you know, over the last year coming back and, sort of bringing this family here 
has grown too. You know, when you guys were gone and Dusty came, uh, and then Callahan, you know, this family's grown, and then you guys are like the kids that went away to school and coming back and Graduated joining up again. That's right. <laughs> so it's it's been cool. And so the, the Dusty, who's not here, we'll get to him in a minute. Callahan, like I said, we met you on a hunt yeah. in New Mexico. Doing, doing my thing that, man, I did it for a long time. I had a run, and <clears throat> I mean, most of my life was hunting, fishing. Uh, I didn't. I was involved in school sports and stuff like that, but if there was any hunting or fishing to be involved, I'd rather go do that than all the rest of them. But, you know, heck, y'all's been uh, doing grown-up stuff <laughs> longer than I've been alive almost. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've hunting and fishing has been a part of my deal since, I mean, ever since I could do it. Uh, my family was really big into it, uh, owning in a marina, uh, living out on a ranch uh, we were always going on family hunting trips together uh, my first big trip I got to go on was seven years old going to Kansas on a pheasant hunt and there's 25 30 guys staying in a barn and you're this little kid running around with a BB gun <laughs> and uh, getting to just see the camaraderie and what hunting really is about and everything like that and then how many pheasants did you kill with a BB gun? I think I hit one one time. <laughs> I'm pretty dang sure I hit one one time. Um, but no, just going through that and then um, getting to a point in life where you got to start making a living. And uh, my just my kind of way of going about it was trying to figure something out that I could do where I could have the time to continue to hunt and fish. Uh, and that was heating and air. I got pushed into that, luckily, by my father. And uh worked out for me i'm good at it uh it allows me to have time to go do things and uh that's kind of how i was pushed into going to new mexico where i met you guys uh, and i was guiding for an outfitter because some heating and air stuff didn't line out and i was taking a break from it and met you guys luckily on a hunt out there and i wasn't even hunting with the outfitter i was just staying there for a night and um just because i was going on a hunt in uh, colorado and then they're like, oh, well, these uh, outdoor guys are in town. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Inside outdoors, I was like, hmm, I don't know if I've ever heard of those guys. <laughs> but thank, thank you for that. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> what I didn't realize is I've been watching you guys since I was in diapers. Uh, you know, probably seen all you guys' face and didn't even realize it. And uh, there was a lot of time where I didn't watch the Outdoor Channel. I was, lit, I was just hunting a lot, and then... I was always chasing that passion though and with social media and all that gaining it just it formed into this other passion that you know it was something i desired to do and then whenever y'all were there and it all clicked it was just it's been a phenomenal trip to be involved with you guys and be sitting right here right now it's awesome and for those who don't know when you say you were after a career that you could still hunt and fish you were literally studying in the blind for your contractors to while filming Tim. Yep. <laughs> so you're, yep. how old were you when you started your company, Big River Heat and Air? Big River Heat and Air was 2019. So, so you were seven? Seven. Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 25? Right. 25, yeah. 25, yeah. And that was, you know, for, for a 25-year-old to go through that process. That was for my contractor's test so I could get my own company. Right. I mean, that's, I can... While I don't know 
what all the questions are in the studying, you know, that you had to study, you what you had now, to study. Because you have to. <laughs> the fact that, you know, you we spent, I know at least one week from from dark to dark. We were in the blind before sun up, and we didn't get out of the blind until dark chasing that deer in Kansas, and you were filming, and there was a lot of time that we sat with nothing going on except you studying. Oh, we we were talking in between there. We got close to that hunt. That was that was a lot of time in the blind. So that it was, was cool. It though. was it was neat. You know, the hunt was awesome, but to see, you know, the commitment you had to your profession. Um, I know for me personally, there's a lot of times where I've sat in a blind and tried to get work done, and it. Eh. Um, but it, it was really cool to be a you know just to be present and see you chasing that dream to make your you know what you wanted to do come to fruition was awesome yeah and it's you know if you want it and you put time into it you can get it and it's just for me and i've been lucky enough to have people in my life that show me that so super super lucky for that but you were not not to backtrack too far but you know talking about you growing up and stuff you so your dad he actually worked in wildlife right? oh, yeah he was a, uh, for wildlife services for oklahoma okay yep. so you had that federal trapper is what he was <laughs> so like, you, yeah. you had some good good oh yeah I good was, role model teaching oh, the yeah, outdoors there and then we'll get to some of this here in a little bit but um your grandfather too who was yeah popular. i mean he he was one of the ones that was part of some of the first bass tournaments on lake eufaula uh, with jimmy houston and roland martin uh, Bill Dance, all those guys, you know, were to hear those stories and like, oh, Papa did it, you know, I can do it. Well, and and hearing stories about some of the hunts he went on, yeah, oh, just kind of packing into still get to hear some new ones every once in a while from just family friends when we gather around a fire. You hear some new hunting stories, and it's just it's what you live for anymore right now. It's, it's and we're creating our own right now, so that's to have a a group like this that is passionate about it. Like we're going to have some, uh, we're going to have some good stories to tell our kids one day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe not tell them all. Well, them, my kids, cause y'all's are already <laughs> graduated college. Yeah. But. yeah. And, and Dusty, who we're talking about, he's not here. He, um, he's got a kid. I was going to hear some stories. Yeah. But he, did he grow up in Missouri? Is that where he's from? Right. His dad. Yeah. Missouri. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. Missouri. Yeah. yeah. So, and we met him on, like we're talking about on Matt's hunt. He was guiding for an outfitter there. And uh, kind of like Callahan, there, there are people you meet in your lives who just, you know right away that they're going to be they, they part just, of your life. They just fit. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we left that hunt and Matt and I, you know, talked about <clears throat> good ways home. It's like, he, he was a good dude. Like, we should keep in contact with him. Hannah Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let him tell that story. <laughs> Um, I've heard that, and I haven't. No, I don't know if I've heard the full story on that. So when he's in here, we need to get that out. <laughs> we'll, we'll go over that. Yeah, that could be a future episode, maybe by oh, itself. Yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he he was going to school. I guess at the time, still, uh, he's an ag major. Works for Land Lakes on their ag side, working with huge farmers, and he works with the farmers who work for, or he works for. He sells to company who works with farmers that basically provide most of the food we eat, right? Right. Am I, am I getting that right? Uh, 
Yeah, and you know when we say he's our, you know, ag expert. Yeah, I mean he's literally consulting with, and being called by, some of the hugest farms around. Oh, the, the yeah. money and, that he talks those, about that they sell. I'm just like, do what? Yeah, so you got all these farmers out there who, you know, they farm their own ground or or they lease ground around them. They farm it, but what they do with it is they are they're contracted with these huge companies that they sell their grain and stuff too. So Dusty's working with those companies who then turn around and work with the farmers. Um, and so he then by default works with the farmers on what they need for the dirt and their planting. But when you're planting food plots and you got a guy who... Um, in the back pocket. Yeah. Th- some of the biggest farms in the area also call him to find out how what when where to plant it's yeah. you listen to what he's got to say he, he makes a pretty good food plot oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we we pretty much have it all covered with a group of us you know and what our specialties are if you will you know what our strengths are in our different fields i mean you got you know if we need if we, we need, need anything made yeah fabricated Matt, Matt can cut well design i mean you name it Pretty can, good squirrel pretty, hunter, too. Yeah. He's a great squirrel hunter, <laughs> and his Toyota is an example of yeah, what you right. can do with raw metal. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hobby. Yeah. It's a, you know, if, if, if uh, you know, we catch something on fire, um, or just safety in general, but your EMT background, you know, it's... Been a paramedic for also 22 years. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's um, a lot of things that come with a fire department and, and medicine that is a huge help when we're out, you know, whether it's safety or recognizing, you know, all kinds of dangers that we don't think about that you deal with daily. Yeah. Um, rope rescue certified. So I could help us out in that aspect as well. I mean, you know, in the fire service, it's, we're kind of the, the fire services, you know, the jack of all trades, you know, people ring the bell. They really don't care what their emergency is. They expect us to fix it. So we kind of have to learn a I mean, I know some heating and air just because I've dealt with, you know, customers, so to speak. And I know some plumbing, you know, um, it's just something when they call you fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Callahan is, you know, heat and air, but in that there's so much. Oh, I mean, I grew up with carpentry yeah, and troubleshooting and it's just to have that skill to, to, I mean, you can take that through life and really helps out in crunch time. Yeah, so, so that was one of the things, you know, knowing that you were in heat and air and what that entails, because you were trying to explain it to me, like you have electricians and what they know, but when you get into heating air, you have to know most of that plus. Yeah, we have to know plumbing, electrical, carpentry, mechanical, in commission with everything that moves because heating air unit, go look at it. It's got plumbing hooked to it. <laughs> It's got electrical hook to it. It's got motors. It's got boards. It's and a lot of wires. It's got gas running into so it at times. A, it's got water bomb, coming out of it at times. Yeah, if there's a bomb. I can fix it. And we've got, you know, I've been out to your grandparents' place and in some of those barns. What, like, it seems like they made everything. Yeah, it was every day after school. Go down there and we're building birdhouses or we're building a shop. I mean, it's just or fixing a leak, or we're doing electrical work, or we're doing plumbing. So that's what really put me above a lot of people when it comes to 
doing heating, heating and air yeah. and able to to do those jobs because it's getting out of school and just going, oh, well, I know what that is, but what do I do with that? And to have that background really put me above. And I think that's why, you know, I have a successful company and having that mentality to just keep pushing. You got to wake up every day and want it. And like we said, Dusty's our, our ag guy. If it, if it grows out of the dirt, I mean, the guy, and then with that, He's also still what, dang near a full-time farmer. I mean, he, that's what he's doing right now. He, he not only works for Atlanta Lakes and doing all the ag and consulting, but he farms his own ground. He's, you know, people hire him out to farm their ground. So, you know, working on motors and tractors and oh, yeah. trailers. Uh, and then I'm the... And we got Tim. The tech nerd. So let's just say you're the guy that actually reads the instructions. <laughs> and holds us all together. Because if it's if it's got knobs, buttons, he's like a raccoon. He just goes to digging at shiny. If stuff. he's not talking, he's thinking. <laughs> there there aren't too many manuals or instructions that I've actually read. Like you know, setting this stuff up, or you know, when I started editing, uh, we had a, a client. We did, but we didn't have an editing system. We had a client that you know basically talked to my dad about us getting editing. So I quit going to college to be. A teacher at the time we got the editing system and the book was like you know two bibles stacked on top of each other and i opened it up and immediately just closed it I, i've i've never been a big reader uh scholar uh you know, i learned by taking stuff apart and putting it back together and pushing buttons so we had uh the opportunity or the option to get 24 hour a day Seven days a week, 365 days a year, no holidays, tech support. And the project that I was working on, our, our first project, it took me about a year um, to complete it. And when I was done, I knew every tech support in that company by name. Uh, I almost quit working for our company to go to work for Media 100 was the name of the editing software I almost quit and went to work for Media 100 as one of their techs because I knew – like if my computer crashed, I knew why. I knew how to back out of it. Um, I ended up demoing units for the company here that sold them because I knew – you know, it's not that I knew more about editing. I knew more about how to break it than fix it. So if somebody called with it broke, I knew how to back them out of it. And, you know, I just – I like pushing buttons. I like seeing how things work. Um I've ruined some things. So was your son. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so was your son. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's getting better about the putting back together part. We've still got a dirt bike and seven hundred pieces in the garage. Yeah, but the fact that he's a button pusher is your fault. Yeah, yes. He yeah, especially my buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but he's eighteen, so what do I expect? But uh yeah, so between the five of us, we've got you know, most of the world covered and what we can fix if something comes up and between the five of us, we heck can't a, fix heck it. Heck of a team. It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, the the family atmosphere, the brotherhood between us, um, it's hard to find somebody that you can continually, you know, sit for every day, spend 24 hours a day for a week around and not want to absolutely kill each other at the end of it and and 
even more than that, uh, you know, we just, we all still get along. It's. Well, it's a, you know, everybody listening, if you have a sibling or if you've ever had a roommate, you know that no matter how much you love them or whatever, at some point, everybody gets on your nerves. But, you know, this group has stood the test of time. And I mean, Matt and I have been the best of friends since high school, Tim and I since middle school. And, you know, we've all wanted to go toe to toe or at some point, <laughs> uh, mainly at me, cause I don't ever shut up, but, um, that's why you and Matt are best friends, <laughs> but it's like, you're right. It's too. like, you got your hand up the puppet. And <laughs> <laughs> this. So now I'm a puppet, but you're, I mean, sitting in a tree or in a blind 12, 15 hours, I mean, Especially when there's nothing moving around. And you haven't seen a hair. Yeah. And you, you know, are able to still jive with that person and and somehow, some way, shape, or form, we've put together a team that it doesn't it doesn't even matter which two you put together, it jives. A lot of a lot of uh, when you say constructive criticism, you know, most people think I just, you know, busting each other's balls or arguing, but we, we honestly have, you know, good conversations when we disagree with each other and, and talk it through or someone does something stupid, um, which is, you know, I've done a lot of that. It's, you know, it's constructive. Hey, you know, may, may we do this instead? Or, you know, it's, it's everything is with the intent to make each other better. And it, it you know, it's shown, with the show, with our hunting abilities, you know, with our home lives, um, you know, just that accountability that we hold each other to in a way that, you know, was with the intention of just making each other better because we love each other like brothers. Yeah, it's, you know, I think, I don't remember what we were doing. It's It's just been a couple months ago. We were doing something and we were all together and it, no point in time did anybody have you know the domineering it's got to be my way or the highway uh mentality and to have all five of us together and everybody's opinion was just bouncing back and forth and it was you know everything was considered and nobody was just like you know that's stupid or um well sometimes I mean, it's just so um, stupid that uh, it might just work well there was definitely some stupid stuff. There's no doubt about it. And, <laughs> and, you know, as far as, you know, it was never pointed out that I was an idiot until probably I left, but. <laughs> well, I mean, in hunting, in hunting, there's so many variables and to be able to come together and put up a, a, a plan and have different opinions about that plan and figure out which way it's going to work and then dive into that plan, both having an opinion in it. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, for everybody listening that's ever hunted and, you know, it's like how many times you've been standing in the middle of the big woods and you're like, what makes anything different than the next? What, what tree do I pick? And, you know, to have a team that we sit and talk and bounce each other, you know, ideas off each other and, and you know, why we do stuff, what what we're looking for. And when it comes together and it happens, you go, dang, that was Yeah, and they cool. and they literally walk to the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Been a lot of time spent with each other over the years. And so 
you know, just kind of as this is sort of a history, a beginning, if you will, the, the first introduction to everybody. Um, one of the things I want to kind of go and, uh, you know, ask each one of us or each of us bring up is, you know, if you had to think of what your favorite part of being on the show or with the show, to being a team member, being a part of this family, um, you know, as a whole, what would you say your favorite part of it is, Matt? Being around guys that I love. I mean, just I, I, I miss being around my family when I'm, when I'm off on trips, but being around you guys. I've had some of the best hunts and not seen a thing. Been garhold. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just just the friendship, the brotherhood, the camaraderie. I mean, like like we've been talking about. It's the experience, the love of the outdoors, the e- the equal love of the outdoors between us all. Um, the effort and the thoughts. And the the experience and meeting new people. We've met so many good people out there. And it, it I just I love being a part of it. I mean the whole Anello family. I just I mean you really think about you, you some of the people that we've met and some of the friends we have now because of what we started in two thousand seven. I mean, it's we've met some really, really good people over the years. Yeah, and I, I think the success and the longevity of this show really goes back to you and your family. I mean, they, your mom and dad are Salt some of the earth. best. I mean, some of the best. And, and the way that you're raising your kids, it, it shows in everything that you do. It was nice to have, you know, it was nice to have them behind us and, and believe in us, you know, and, you know, to have them basically step out on a limb and say, yeah, let's, let's, let's try it. Yeah. We didn't talk about that part. No, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. I'm sure. Yeah. So what Shane, what would you say would be your favorite part of, you know, being a part of this? You know, a, when we, when we started it, you know, I thought, first of all, it seemed ridiculous to be, you know, on TV hunting and you're like is this for real but and you know I thought because you think about the Bill Jordans and you know the the people that put this together you know I mean the icons of it and you don't ever see yourself in that you know same light or anything like that but you know at first I thought you know going to be this out in front of the camera, movie star. I get a chance. You know, (laughs) and I think more than anything, what I've grown to love about being on the show is, and it, pushing the record button might be more nerve-wracking than pulling the trigger. And I I mean, I I know for you it is. Um, You've talked about it for years and years, but the high you get from watching one of you be successful and at the same time laying down footage that you know, man, I got it. I nailed it. It was in focus. It was 
everything came together and you know as a as somebody who's running camera to look down and and see the nerves see you guys react to what just happened and you know sometimes it's you know the biggest bear you've ever seen in your life or you know to watch you shoot your biggest deer to watch you shoot that deer in kansas years ago that came into the decoy and the shaky knees <laughs> i gotta sit down moment <laughs> and to be the one that was there you know recording that and watching it happen you know it, everybody always says boy i wish i could have been a fly on the wall and you kind of are yeah and you get to see that go down big time i mean i'm i think i think matt nailed it on the head i mean i'm i'm right there with you as far as being a part of this and being able to travel with you guys and make those memories with guys that are just as passionate as i am and you know another thing you kind of touched on it but being able to have it on film you know i grew up listening to hunting stories i mean it was every family gathering when uncles got together and uh it was always a new hunting story but to be able to have our stories on there the way my kids one day can watch them and be a part of that and then we can go into depth about that hunt i think that's just spectacular i mean i to to be able to have any kind of film of my grandpa and dad all their hunts i would give anything for that so and there's a few out there um but to be able to have all of it and all of our adventures and stuff like that that's that's sweet it has been cool um for matt and tim and i to have our kids grow up and be able to i mean yeah my son's friends are like, oh, your dad's on the outdoor channel. <laughs> you know, and I've, I've literally answered the door for some of them. And I used just to be like, one of those kids. I used uh, to be one of those kids. You know, and I'm like, easy, you're taller than me. You, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be in awe. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, pretty cool for a minute. You know, your head kind of swells up. You're like, hey, I am kind of. But it's been really cool. Um, well, and it's tough, too. So to be able to go around and you know, have people that, you know, my, nobody worships you or anything like that, but they're, you know, the people that do things like that, they, they know how difficult it is and the time that's gone. And cause I mean, we got 13 episodes to make and not every hunt's an episode. Uh, I wish it was. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's tough. <laughs> There's a lot of time missed. There's a lot of sacrifices and uh, it's cool to meet other guys that are, just as you know going to shows going on different hunts and just having somebody there in camp that you've never met before from a totally different part of the world and they're just like you uh oh absolutely yeah and it just happened and then you become just friends forever uh then the the adventure continues uh i've like what you said i mean just meeting so many people through this is it's expanded my life well you and dusty are on the show because of it yeah people we met yep you know absolutely Gave me a chance. But you've done it the longest. What's What's been your favorite part of it? Timothy. You know, I, so, you know, thinking about this podcast and kind of writing some of these down topics, it's funny, I didn't put much thought into my answer, uh, but listening to you guys, you know, I think my favorite part 
overall. Um, I guess, you know, growing up in sports, like most of us here, you know, it's to be able to find a profession. You know, you're, you're a firefighter, so you, you, you know, firefighters have that family core at work. You know, you've got a team there that's just like your family. And I think, too, you know, a lot of editors in other industries, it's a life of solitude sitting in an office. Um, and, you know, I was not really a secret that I'm a little ADD. <laughs> um, you know, never would have dreamed that I would be sitting in an office editing ever. And then when I started doing it and, you know, for years, the beginning of it was dental stuff. And, and then, you know, it got into editing Bassmasters, but it was still just sort of that by myself in a room. And then when we started the show, you know, and, and being involved in a group of guys again that are, are like-minded and working for the same goals, I think is probably that, knowing that, you know, I can do something for a living that I have a family outside of my family, you know, that I yeah. have you guys, you know, we all lean on each other and talk to each other outside of hunting uh, about life. And I think there's a lot of people who are robbed of that uh, for whatever reason they do. They don't have that in their life. Um, and it's, I think my favorite part of it is just, you know, having this, having you guys, having this family, um, you know, and it, it sort of leads into one of the other topics of, you know, something we've learned being with the show that, you know, we, we probably wouldn't have had we not been with the show. And for me, it's really easy because, you know, I, I didn't start hunting until at some point late in high school. And, you know, even then it was just a lot of bird hunting and pretty much, you know, I would say, and probably not giving myself enough credit, but 90%, if not more, of what I know about hunting, um, you know, I, I learned from from this group, these five guys. Um, you know, I I knew so little about, especially big game hunting. I mean, I by the time we started the show, I was, you know, pretty involved in waterfowl and upland. And, but, you know, even then it was, it's not like I had a real mentor. Um, and I feel like, when we started this show, each one of you guys was a mentor. I mean, there's, there's, I can't narrow down to one thing that I've learned being on the show that I wouldn't have because so much of it uh, about hunting that I've learned. Um, one of the things that really to this day still surprises me, you kind of hit on it is, you know, maybe because I didn't grow up hunting um, and especially in the beginning, it made more sense. I don't know why it's still this way, but, uh, because you guys grew up hunting, you sort of understand the, the the chance of shooting a deer or especially a big deer or, you know, whatever big game you're going after, a trophy animal, or being able to be in the presence of an animal that you get to shoot isn't a given, right? It's It's something that you work for. It's not like it's just something that happens every day. Most guys go out hunting and I 
would say probably don't see an animal that they're wanting to shoot. Um, but I get so much more nervous that what I guess, you know, that, that term buck fever, the, the shakes you get when an animal's coming in that you're getting ready to, you know, draw back on. Um, I don't get that when I'm in front of the camera until after the shot. And then it all sort of sets in and my knees get shaky and I've never had that really set in prior to the kill. But if I'm running camera, I don't care if it's a squirrel coming in and, and it's a shooter and, and I know it's going to get shot, whether it's a doe, it's no different than if it's a doe or a giant buck. Um, if I know that it's a shooter, it's go time. Um, and I'm behind the camera, man, I immediately start getting the shakes. I get so pumped up. The adrenaline just is a rush. I got to let go of the camera a lot of times, trying to keep it in focus while I'm really not touching it. And um, like I said, it I think it made more sense in the beginning just because I, I didn't know that, you know, being – successful on a hunt wasn't a rare thing um now knowing that i don't know why it's still i get so worked up running camera but it's it's funny um and it's i love it i think i think the older we get the more we do this the more desire i have to be behind the camera filming you guys uh, just because of that that rush I, you know people talk about the addiction of hunting and because of that whatever rock climbing that that rush you get from doing it is what kind of keeps you coming back and for me um you know i love it you know and capturing you know the success of you guys that's exactly right paul bogart said it best (laughs) i think he was talking about being in front of the camera oh yeah (laughs) but no um yeah i mean what what do you think there's something or things that you've learned whether it's hunting or whatever being a part of the show that you wouldn't have short of like how to run a camera and all that technical stuff i mean do you find things that you think you've learned be being a part of the show that you wouldn't have learned every time we go out i mean it's literally anytime i get to spend time with you guys that we're apart and doing different things i'm not yeah, I know how to do a lot of things, but it's not that I'm doing them right or if there's an easier way. And, you know, and I think the whole team is like that. We all listen to each other and bounce ideas off each other, and they might not know that. You don't, you know, sometimes we say we don't know, but, you know, to gain that knowledge and everything, being on the on this to go out and I didn't know how to put a camera on, on a tree stand properly, uh, and to you know hang a set properly with the camera it's hard work yeah it's a lot different i mean and we'll get into that in one of the other podcasts about you know what goes into the actual filming side of it there's so much it's different doing this than if you're just going out because most guys hunt by themselves they don't you know they don't have a group or a team or a camera guy so well and honestly like if you go out and hunt by yourself with a camera yeah it's difficult but it's a lot easier to be concealed. Uh, you know, that might be harder to get the shot on film, but as far as hiding two guys and being in correlation and making <laughs> that that happen, it's it's difficult. But learning that, uh, 
and like I said, just being around each one of y'all uh, that are knowledgeable and stuff that I'm not. Y'all got a few years on me, so y'all definitely know a lot more than I do. But uh, it's just it's nice to be able to be in that field and being uh, around and learn different stuff. I, I mean, it's, I'm I'm open to everything that that comes about each time we go out. But you, any, Shane, anything you you can think of that you think you know, n- not just in hunting because you know there's a lot of stuff as hunters that we would you know had evolved and would have learned anyway, but. You know, do you think there's something unique about being a part of the show that that taught you something that you wouldn't have? You know, I don't necessarily, like you say, taught me something. It's just that, you know, and it kind of feeds into what Callahan was talking about is, you know, the detail that we have to put into a hunt to hide cameras, multiple people. Um, so when you look in, you know, and being a woodsman as a group, well, it sure makes being a woodsman alone a heck of a lot easier. Um, you know, when you walk into the woods and you're looking at backdrops, you realize what's going to stand out, what's not going to stand out, because, you know, now all of a sudden it's it's not just the tree at your back that hides you. <laughs> and so when you've spent time in the show and, you know, we're trying to hide ourselves as a team and you walk in and you're able to make assessments that you never would have had to make if you were hunting alone Uh, Um, so there's something that you know i definitely think all of us have learned because of the show that we wouldn't have without being a part of the show is um god did not make two straight trees in the woods anywhere right next to each other (laughs) they're all a quarter mile apart and it seems as though he's barely made a few straight trees when you're trying yeah. to put a camera arm and two people and yeah, or one straight tree that's big enough for two stands. Yeah. Yeah. We've had but, some top days. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's it's like it's it's made me a better woodsman just all the way around, just because um, you know, you pick up things from each one of you that you guys do in the woods that I may not have done. Um, and vice versa, and, you know, I just feel like I wouldn't have paid the detail attention to um, some of the things that we have to do, and because I have, it's it's like, you know, when, when Matt and I are away from the show for a few years, I mean, we talked about it, it's like, <laughs> it's a whole lot easier to go in there well, by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, so all of my entire with the exception of a couple of times when, a, you know, I got a bow from a pawn shop early on and tried to bow hunt that was, it ended bad. That went well? No. <laughs> um, so really all of my big game, especially like deer hunting, has been on the show with at least one other person. And the few times that I get to go out and hunt by myself, I feel like a ninja. Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel yeah. like... If when I'm by myself in the woods, I feel like I can hide from anything. Because not everybody's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but just just being just one person without all that camera gear and stuff, it's like you feel like I could cram into any little crook. Any I could get in any tree. I can just hide from everything. Well, the first time I did it <clears throat> after leaving the show, I felt like I forgot everything because <laughs> I didn't have two backpacks full of stuff to take. And I was like, I am missing something. 
You know what though? I I missed it. Like whenever I kind of took a break, I missed it. It was oh absolutely like not having somebody there to kind of chat with and well, how many times? And how many times you sitting in the stand? Did you turn around to look this? Oh, it, you realize? <laughs> you know, it's a. I learned to love it, but I missed it. You, those all day sits by right. yourself because when you're if you're not using a camera, you know you're wanting to go hunting in your spot chase that deer that you're after so you usually don't just go sit with a buddy and just he's got a weapon you don't matt and, and i did really we just go climbing a blind just be like who's shooting <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. well what about yeah. you matt anything that you can think of that you know you, you learned you know just being a part of the show that you wouldn't have learned just being a hunter growing up on your own forever uh really the uh try anything no matter how stupid it sounds no matter if you think it'll work or not try it learn something from it change it next time you know i mean that's that's how i always tried to approach it um i guess i would have to say i've i've learned that too just oh yeah. because <laughs> we've it, tried some stupid stuff well, and it, it worked and what comes yeah. along with that is patience i've learned a lot of patience but like what he's talking about we've done some stuff that has been like how many times have we said, no way this is going to work? <laughs> Plenty. Uh, how many Plenty. times have you, I mean, have, or, or we set up in what is seemingly the perfect setup? Like, this can't go wrong. And it, and you, it goes nothing. Wrong. Yeah. Patience. Because you're and just then, sitting there waiting for it. And it's just like, what's going on? Or that deer doesn't come in the right way. <laughs> you can't shoot it because you don't have the angle or you pile in next to an old tire sitting in the middle of a field and the turkey runs straight to you and you shoot him and mm -hmm. you've been hunting him all week in the perfect setup hidden in a bush and he won't come in for nothing yeah you find the perfect tree sit there nothing happens you go sit on a telephone pole <laughs> on the middle of yale <laughs> and there he is yeah, yeah i'd say that's a good one try yeah, anything uh, try anything. you don't know what's gonna what's gonna work actually no I mean, anybody, you know, professional hunters, um, nothing works all the time. What, what would you say, Shane, and this is going to be a tough one, um, but if you had to think about, and you might not be able to narrow it down to one, but, you know, your, your favorite hunt over the years for the show. In front of the camera or behind it? Your favorite hunt? Man, that is going to be a tough one. Um, I mean, I've got a couple that, you know, that just absolutely stick out to me. Um, the one I referenced earlier when I filmed Matt in Kansas, um, you know, we didn't kill the biggest deer in the woods, but the way that came together, we were kind of guinea pig in that place, if you remember. And uh, we went out there and, Matt and I, again, try anything. We took a paper towel and pinned it to the <laughs> to the back of the decoy, and we cut slits in it so the wind would make the tail flutter. And so, so back up. You, the decoy didn't have a tail. The decoy. But so the, the place where the deer were moving, where we were set up, because is of this the, the decoy that that that. You accused me of not putting a leg back in there. It only had three legs, and you cussed me up and down because. <laughs> uh, 
It is exactly that decoy. Okay. Um, so it, it didn't have a tail and, and you wanted some movement. So you took a paper towel. Yeah. So we're like, how can we get these deer to, you know, to pay attention? So Matt's like, man, we got to add some movement. So we literally get a paper towel and we cut it, strips in it so that it's, you know, like fluttering, a, fluttering. And mashed it in the mud. Eye we, candy. We put eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> and whether it was necessary or not, we literally mashed it in the mud so part of it would be brown like a whitetail's tail. Oh, yeah. That. And so we we put it on there and we're hunting this absolutely beautiful wheat field. And we we bashed the head in. <laughs> <laughs> put a put a shed in there. So it just looked like this. Was little, it a doe decoy? It was a doe decoy. It was a ready doe. What year and was this? What year was this? This has got to be 2009. That nine. was in Sedan. In yeah, yeah, in Sedan. And so we take the ear out and we cram this little <laughs> shed antler in there. So he's got one horn and we've taped a paper towel to its butt and... <laughs> We're watching these deer walk on the other side of the field, and we watch, you know, a decent deer walk in behind obscure where we can't see, and they, they were going into this little pocket and then coming back out, and this deer walks in, and it was one of those moments where a deer walks in, but the different deer walks out, and he, this deer walks out, and I'm like, that's not the same deer, and Matt's like, no, that's a shooter, and about that time, the wind blew that tail and that dude locked up and came all the way across that field, puffed up, drooling, snotting, head cocked, and he comes in there to fight that decoy and actually hits him in it. As it spooks him, he jumps off to the side, perfectly broadside, and Matt just absolutely laces him. <laughs> and so right off the bat, I mean, we just had a blast that week. I mean, we saw deer. We had a good time. Um we were out there just trying to make it happen. And again, it was, can you believe we're getting to do this type of situation? Because we were new. And then probably after that, um, being in front of the camera, when uh, when we went to New Mexico and I didn't know I was going to be elk hunting. And, you know, if you haven't seen the episode, I had no idea. I was going to film Tim um, and... We get there and I'm running camera and Tim's, you know, doing his thing and he's showing, you know, the viewers through the camera, the tag. And, you know, I zoom in because he tells me to zoom in on it so they can see it. And it's got my name on it. And <laughs> I'm just like locked up. I was like, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, no, never. They told me, hey, bring your bow. We might be able to get you a, a bear tag. And. We got there, and, you know, I said something to uh, Wayne, and he was like, yeah, you know, there's no bear tags. All the bear tags have been filled. So I, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, Darn. and the reason they told me to bring my bow is because they had gotten me an elk tag. And, I, you know, I filmed him, and it was a whopping, what, maybe four hours. Yep. And uh, Tim killed an elk. Um, it was one of those that, it was a good elk. I mean, it was a five by five, probably what? Nah, 
don't remember. I mean, 275-type bull, probably not a bull that you shoot, if we're being honest, but I had an elk tag in my pocket, and you knew it, and four hours into it, you laced one, and we're standing over him. And uh, the next four days, you chased me around, and it was like nothing I, I, I've ever done when a bull elk screams in your face and you got a bow in your hand and the hair stands up on the back of your neck. Um, and it was a crazy week. We saw a ton of elk and I finally killed my first elk. And the way that went down when we were standing in that opening and there's a bull coming from every direction and you somehow made the call to go right. And that's the only one that ended up coming in. Uh, just, I, I see it like it was yesterday. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and he went 15 yards and, and fell on camera. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I got to put that one up there. Of course, there's a lot of them, but those two just stick out in my mind. Um, you know, the, the other bull we filmed me kill, um, that was pretty epic adventure too. But, you know, that one being the first one, pretty special. Yeah. Matt, what about you? What's your, if you had to kind of, narrow them down your your most memorable hunt that sticks out to you favorite hunt uh shane kansas up at k&k outfitters we went up there muzzle loader muzzle loading uh snow the, on the ground the five below day <laughs> it was it was frigid uh we we packed in early that morning and uh got behind some uh they <laughs> baled soybeans yeah and uh yeah, we're sitting there, and the sun pops up, and we see this, see some deer. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you could just kind of make them out. And uh, the way the sun was hitting his antlers was just, it was one of those picture-perfect scenes. Stands up, and uh, he starts making his way out to the edge of that field, and uh, I'm like, that's... That's a good deer. That's 170 inches. And uh, he's like, think he's that big? <laughs> yeah. Every bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's 170. Deer comes out, kind of walks this tree line a little bit. And uh, I don't know. Here, a couple minutes later, he's like, eh, he might be a 150. No, he's a 170 all day. And then deer turns around and, and he's... 200 yards with a muzzleloader that's sighted in at 200 yards. And this was back when muzzleloaders weren't, you know, really known for shooting that far. They weren't super consistent that It was far. just starting to happen. You know, it was that Thompson Center yeah. movement um, where they were really putting some distance on them. But, you was know, that two, back like 83 somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was uh, Ot 9. <laughs> But yeah, we were up there, you know, and, and by the end of it, and, and he let this deer walk, and by the end of it, he was a 130-inch deer. I had talked that deer down. I don't know why. I was just like, I don't want to, mainly because the outfitter, I mean, well, they K &K. kill, K&K, &K, they kill some absolute giants. And, you know, there is a as professional an outfit as you're going to be, and I didn't want to make a mistake, so I had been like, Man, I just kept talking him down in inches. Yeah, the whole time he's out in the field. Yeah, yeah. And then about the time this thing is out of sight, 
because he he left. Uh, he was 130 inches, and I'm I'm you know, behind <laughs> camera just beside myself. He's told me a hundred times. He was like, "Dude, that's an absolute giant. You get a sh- you should have shot that deer." <laughs> he was a big, mature whitetail, and we're sitting there in the blind, and I'm just, you know. Just lost. He's still mad at me. Just lost. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, there's nothing that he can say to make me feel better. Why he? <laughs> you can't make an excuse why he passed a buck like that. And uh, what? Hour? Two hours? Yeah. It was still morning. Well, we called you, Tim. You, you and Dave were on your way to Iowa, and um, it was the year that um, you and Dave went up and hunted. Yep. Um, Dave killed that high racked. Kind of tight, high racked buck, and we had called you to tell you about it, and it was probably what maybe nine in the morning when he left. Yeah, yeah, because we got to watch that giant walk around for forty five minutes, and we we knew you guys were on the road, so I had to had to call you and tell so you what, what, saw what made him decide to shoot it. <laughs> so. We're we're just sitting there patiently, and uh, yeah, some time had passed. I think I had calmed down a little bit. I was actually picking some soybeans out of the <laughs> bales and <laughs> chewing on them. And uh, we look up. I think you saw that. It it was an eight point, and it was just a majestic eight point. Now wait a minute. What he's not telling you is, I took a grunt call and a can call. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's it's what, December 11th, I think it was. So it's late, you know, in the season. Because we had gone for a muzzleloader hunt and weren't successful. So we went back for rifle because you can use your muzzleloader tag. And I had the can call, which was relatively new at the time. That Primo's can. Yeah. Yeah. And I, way off in the distance in this scrub, Matt says, there's a deer, and I you know, look, and it's like a spike, wasn't it? There was a spike, and then and more. I start grunting out the window and, and rolling this can call and grunting and rolling this can. And he goes, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to ch- try to call him in. I'm going to call him. Because they're, they're going to come right in. Call, can calls brand new. It works new. on TV. Yeah, right. It works on TV all the time. This is what it says. And he, he's mad at me already, and he's literally like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're not seeing anything else today. <laughs> so I throw up the binoculars because I'm, you know, watching this spike three-point, and all of a sudden I see antlers. There was like a little creek, and I see them jump down in that creek, and I'm like, Matt, there's something else. And – what was that eight point? Maybe 135. What I th- judged the other deer to be, uh, 135 plus eight point jumps out of that ditch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he was 140 inch eight point. Had the same frame as like the James Jordan buck. You know, just much smaller. Just just kind of carried the mass all the way out. It was yeah. it was beautiful. Take off about 100 inches. Right, like right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm rolling at this point going. You know, this guy's still an idiot. And uh, that big boy comes back, and he's standing right behind that that eight point. And he, he compares them, and he's just like, what, what, what? That's when I knew how big he was, because he could have ate that eight point. And I was like, oh, 
he is 170 inches, Matt. And he was like, oh. <laughs> so how far is this deer? He's 200 yards. Broadside. Yeah. He puts it up there. Let's one go. And I, you, you could see the fat on this deer just shake. <laughs> Nailed him. I missed. Oh my God, I missed. I missed that deer. Oh, uh, he he talked himself into the he <laughs> airmailed this fifty cow <laughs> just beside himself, and I'm talking him off a ledge. I mean, yeah. was there no percussion coming back after you slap one at two hundred yards? Man, there was so much smoke, you know, because it was like five below zero, and when I fired that muzzleloader, to me, it, I mean, I couldn't see anything. Yeah, your ears don't work for a little bit after no shot. And, well, he took off running, and the way I was watching him run, it just didn't seem like I smoked him, you know, or anything. And I'm also trying to see through the fog. And, yeah, I was immediately, I just went to the that negative Nancy, and I was just like, oh, I totally missed him. I, mi- I can't believe I missed that deer. Yeah, we went, we, uh, Kendall came, picked us up, went yep. back, to the, back to the lodge, looked at the film. I think we figured out that you had drilled it. Yeah. Went back, found blood, and it was maybe 75 yards piled up. Got some yeah. great picks. What did he score? 170. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's not actually true. He so. scored uh, 169 and 5 eighths. <laughs> Call him 170. <laughs> I'm going to have my, Matt out there with him yeah. this year. What, what about you, Callahan? What's, what Dude. Do you, that's a that's a very difficult question. Probably, I would say elk hunting with uh, Tim and Ello is my favorite hunt. All of them. Oh, I mean, just like some of we, them have ended better than others. My very first trip with you, I get text message from Dusty. He's like, "Hey, Tim's gonna be calling you," and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what?" So I'm just expecting this call from Tim and Ella. I've met him before, but really didn't know a whole bunch about him. And uh, just know we, we, we can have fun together. And he calls me up and it's like, hey, uh, we kind of we, we kind of need somebody to run camera. We got to hunt in Utah. Are you, uh, you have time for that? And I'm like, uh-huh. I forgot was that, that was your first time. Was yeah. that the first one, the that Utah? That was the very first one because I was like, I don't know how to really run camera, but I can figure it out. He's like, "Yeah, we got a seventeen-hour drive. We'll we'll go through it." And like, literally, drive enough. We last couple hours, we went through the camera. I forgot that was your first hunt filming. Yeah, I can't believe you learned how to run camera in seventeen hours because I'm still having trouble. That's the thing we we didn't even like (laughs) didn't even do anything except for talking like just about everything on the way up there. Then we get almost there and he's like oh we gotta start filming and like pulls these cameras out i'm like okay so we pull up there to the ranch for what a outfit h r and k r and k yeah r and k outfitters in utah and pull up to the to meet the guy and i'm first time i'm (laughs) I'm just letting her rip and man i got i just kind of had a knack for it i guess and it went really well and well the, well, the good news is you had five days to we did practice running camera because running we up didn't a mountain see a... and it was tough. It was hot. I was just like, man, I really want him to freaking shoot an <laughs> elk. So like my first one, I can actually like show him what I can do. And sure enough, on that fifth day, that bull come out and screamed, and he had a rifle and his bow because Utah you can use either. Right. And um, he comes out and then he goes back in and 
our guide, Derek, was like, we're going after him. We call that the jungle. He's like, we're getting your bow because it's going to be close. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I hit like, I just was like, we're making this happen. We're going to do it. And I like let my guide mentality kind of get in there. And, dude, we went in there after that. And it was very difficult to tell where that bull was coming from and if he was staying, if he was moving. And finally, like, we're just sitting there, like, trying to figure out. And I'm like, let's go. We're going now. And, like, I just pushed up, and I kept pushing him, kept pushing him. And I was like, I hope this happens so bad. And we get to a point where I'm just over his shoulder. <laughs> and we get in this cut timber lane, like the only thing is. And our badass guy's behind us, raking a tree, calling. And I just see horn tips come over. Is that this. when he come over the hill? Yeah, and, and I'm yeah. like, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is happening right now. And he asked, is it a shooter? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care if this thing's a spike, you're shooting this thing. And it comes up and it's a freaking awesome bull. And it just keeps coming. He's like, is it going to turn? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to turn. And I don't know if it's going to turn. <laughs> I'm just, we're going to get close to it and you've got a bow, so shoot it. And he's, it's perfect. He's drawn back. He's coming. He doesn't know we're there. And the thing comes in and, what was it like seven steps yeah where he just kind of goes off the yeah, trail i was gonna say what we like three yards from puts, him when puts he puts his head down and is just going and he just rips him and runs 15 yards and just was like what was that and lays over and dies and i'm just like was the red button pushed <laughs> <laughs> it was blinking and well, i was just like there I've was seen, so much trauma i've in seen that experience. the footage so i know you pushed the button Gosh, dang. And he, then after that, when we got back and everything, you know, he kind of told me, he was like, dude, that, that was good stuff. And I just knew from then on, I was like, I got it. We're going to do some awesome stuff. And I think, what was it like three years later, I got that 6A tag. Yeah. And we hiked 725 miles <laughs> on this? foot and packed in camp and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But you had a horse, right? <laughs> at one point, <laughs> at some point, we tried. Unlike the third time we go in and then I lose it <laughs> and then we find it again. That was what, what day did you find it when we went and got on the it way out? <laughs> we went and got it on like mean, the third day to find what, when we found a horse we could use to pack in the last or yeah. when, when he got lost. No, when he got lost. Oh, we found him on the way out. Yeah. He was sitting <laughs> at the, where it goes from wilderness to like literally just like after this, this is after like four trips out with gear and everything on our backs and the last trip out he's just sitting there at the gate just like sup because <laughs> i'd seen horse tracks and i was like that's him because there's a bunch of outfitters going through but i was like right that's that's him that's apache that's what his name was apache and i was like you dirty dog because <laughs> yeah. i i had found a, a dead bull and i knew because i had I, I missed a giant twice it, i don't want to talk about it but uh we had went to this other side and we're on a podcast to talk about it <laughs> ptsd yeah i'm not i'm not there just yet. yeah we'll okay. get there we'll, we'll do that there. in another episode i've got i need to kill one first before i can really get through that trauma yeah but uh no we ended up finding one that i don't know if somebody killed it in archery season it was it was fairly i mean there was a little bit of meat left on it but it was enough where i was like i got a note tag I'm tagging that one. I'm bringing something out. So I saddled the horse up, rode it like four <laughs> miles to go get this thing. And it's, I mean, middle of the day, Tim staying back at camp, going by myself. I was like, I'll cut this thing off, put it in my pack, head out, be back 
and we'll, you know, start cooking up camp. So tie the horse up by the reins like an <laughs> idiot. And which he was fine. I thought he was all good and everything. And I get over there and, you know, every five minutes I'll look up, see, is he still there? And he's still there. He's still, well, about the fifth time I look up and I'm almost, I got it in the pack, almost done. I look up and he's gone. I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like starting to get dark and I'm just like, this ain't good. But he's out in this meadow just eating grass. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? So I had like some, had some crackers or something in my pocket, and I was like, "We've been, see. we've been, we've been giving him a cracker yeah. every now and then." Yeah, we felt bad just yeah. for because we were just letting him eat <laughs> grass and everything, which plenty of grass up there on top of the mountain. But so I had those crackers, and I'm like, "He'll come to crackers." We know this. So I pull his crackers out, and he pulls his head up, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm so lucky!" And he starts coming over there, and I'm like, "Okay." So I turn around, I get the reins, and like going to get it back on him and everything. And he just like 15 feet from me just stops. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I got crackers. So I th like throw one on the ground and he like goes to get it and he just stops and just hauls ass as fast as he can. <laughs> this is a trap. <laughs> Gone. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. We're in the middle of wilderness, giant mountain. I just lost this dude's horse. The outfitter we've used for so many years like <laughs> i've spent so much time i just lost his horse and i'm like how am i going to break this to him because this thing's gone and i just see him run off into the distance and i'm like okay well he went to this corner and i knew like there's so much deadfalls like i can corner him and maybe try again so i get my pack and everything and i'm like running across this meadow to get to this <laughs> other side getting cornered and everything and it ain't happening he just hauls ass the other way and i'm just like <laughs> before i kill this thing I'm just going to walk back to camp and hopefully he comes back because I've heard stories of my papa and that happen and they usually come back to camp or they'll go back to the truck. So I'm like, I really hope this happens. So we go back and uh, don't lose your horse on top of a mountain. Do not do it. <laughs> so I go back, get to camp and everything, tell Tim, and he's just like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, well, we'll put crackers out and we'll see if he comes. So we wake up the next morning, crackers are gone. Horse is not there. There's hoof prints. I'm like, he's he's coming. So like he's still here somewhere. So we like, as we continue our journey, we're asking outfitters that are coming out and everything, if they've seen the horse, everything. We go on this big hunt for him and everything, trying to find him and just no luck. So we're like, well, we got to pack camp. So we pack camp up. We start heading out. And I mean, it takes like three trips with the stuff that we have. So like the third trip, we actually got a guy to help us because yeah, we were two so guys wore came out. up on horses, so and wore rode out. around and looked for him and couldn't yeah, find him. Yeah, yeah, like had a bunch of people looking for him, couldn't find him. And uh, the third trip out, that sucker's standing at the fence. Go put freaking rain, the <laughs> bridle on him and put him in the trailer and take him back. Uh, the horse acted like nothing ever happened. I was just like, <laughs> you it didn't for him, dog. <laughs> He had a dog. Great he knew that was the last one. He was probably sitting off in the trees, just like I'm waiting. But well, yeah, what about you, Tim? Yeah, nobody Favorite. has more hunt. You you've got more hunts on the show than all three of us probably combined. Good luck picking your favorite. And it's funny that each of you, you know, of your kind of listed two hunts, one of each of those was filming somebody else. Um, and you know, I think the same thing. 
um, it's it's really hard to narrow down one specific hunt because for different reasons, you know, each hunt brings something special to you. Um, but and this is one that I did think about when I was writing it, and because of that, I mean, as I tried to go through in my head, it was like every one that came up was you know, a hunt with one of you guys, filming one of you guys. Um, uh, Shane, that, you know, was your elk hunt, uh, you know, surprising you with a tag, just the, you know, we all like, we've talked about it a lot of times, you know, filming that first hunter, first time hunter, because oh, just yeah. the, the joy and the, you know, everything is fun and happy because it's our first hunt. And, you know, that even though you were a seasoned hunter, the, you know, surprising you with that tag and then the way it turned out, killing your bull, it was just freaking awesome to be a part of that. Um, Matt, I think, was probably, you know, your – what was a buck you killed? Um, It was uh, – we just got set up in the tree and turned – was that Missouri? It was was Missouri. Missouri. We just got set up in the tree. Um, You know, it was was early on in the show and – we climbed up in the tree. It was, I don't think we'd seen anything for a few days and well, just tried a new spot, right? Well, the crops were still standing. Yeah. And so uh, Rob, Rob yeah. was like, hey, they just cut this field. Let's go check it out. And we had just hung that set, climbed up, and you're still getting situated. My bow, I think, is still hanging, and I'm trying to get the mic on. Yeah. And, you know, I'm doing this and see this, and I'm like, Chirr! <laughs> yeah, I feel it's something tapping me on the back, and I'm like, what? And he's like, Here's a... so the you know the footage picks up, the camera turns on, and it's pointing the opposite direction. And, you know, I swing it around, and there's Matt and this buck walking, I mean, just perfect. He had just enough time to get his bow, set his arrow on, and draw back, and just smokes this great buck. Yeah, that was a great shot. That was – Oh, it drilled him. It was uh, – that's <laughs> – it's what I do, right? <laughs> like the one of the things that stands out that I remember forever was that that pop when you hit him in the perfect place. Yeah. That <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And that one was like laced. Yeah. <laughs> and then no doubter. You know, Callahan, you well, I didn't shoot anything. You missed that elk, but that that hunt you were just talking about that packing hunt. You we know, learned was, a lot about each other on that. Oh hunt. yeah, I mean it was my you know it was my first. Was that your first pack in, like full? Yeah. You know, to that's an experience by itself. Just, you know, for the first time going in, carrying stuff. We didn't have a horse till the last second day, the last trip of the second day, but to pack everything in. And and then uh, for so many reasons, one, you know, just learning so much then about being in the wilderness and how to – make things work with what you have but we said after that on the way home we're like we don't want to do it any other way that was just to push yourself that hard was even though we didn't kill anything we were still successful oh yeah and then to be a part of you know that the friend of your grandpa is killing that elk yeah i mean that's Um, that's a big success in itself i mean to be able to be a part of that and have that like we i touched on earlier to have that on permanent documentation yeah i can pull that anytime and that's awesome that was that was really cool it you know kind of long story short it was the 
was it three three or four of those guys that had, they had yeah, horses three were hunting and then one was his uh, boy that was his that was who you were going to go up to hunt with and mm-hmm. when you had the tag and i asked if i could just you know tag along to to film it you know i, I told told you you know look yeah. if we get split up whatever because you know you had bought the tag this was your hunt you were going on and i just wanted to yeah you know come along and film it and you know hopefully make an episode and so uh we'd been there for a couple of days the the older guys showed up and um jack's how old is how was he 70 Seven, i think he was 74 74 and and so on the way up one of his horses had, had bucked or something yeah. and didn't like whatever screwed up his gun so he's using a different gun and because he didn't have a horse, those those three older guys were all hunting from horseback. And his buddies were like, you know, he just told him, just go on and hunt. I'm just going to hunt around camp here. And so we got up that morning, and Callahan was like, Jack, what, what's going on? He's like, I don't have a horse. I'm just going to hunt here around camp. And we had scouted prior to those guys getting there and, and seen several decent bulls. And um, a big bull came out that we were going to go after, and it went the wrong direction. We couldn't get our right wind. And there were still several good bulls, and so Callahan was like, Jack, just just come with us. You know, I, we can get you one of these bulls. Jack was like, you know, his only worry was, I'm not going to screw you guys up. And <laughs> both of us were like, it, no, like, this is awesome. And probably some of the best elk footage I've ever filmed. Uh, wicked how that we went get, down. We get Jack down there and set up, and, and this bull just comes out screaming in the wide open. And, I mean, it was – I was down on my knees, sitting on my heels behind a little bush, and as this elk comes out, I don't know, a couple hundred yards away, and we're sort of on a one hill, and there's a draw in between us. As he's going down, there's a rise in front of me, and you guys are up higher. Mm-hmm. So as the bulls keep the bull keeps coming lower down into the draw, as he's getting closer, and as he starts coming up, there's a rise in front of me. So I'm, I you know, stood up, or not stood up, I was sitting on my heels, so I came up to my knees, and he still starts, you know, continues to disappear, so then I just raised the camera up over my head, and the whole time I'm thinking, just don't don't spook the bull, don't spook the bull. And he shoots this bull, you know, runs off just barely out of sight, and we get down there, and, you know, to hear Callahan and Jack talking about, you know, stories of hunting with Callahan's grandpa, and you know, Jack just beside himself that we would do that for him and, and then, you know, hang out, skin it for him and stuff. It was just, man, it was, that would have been. Oh, we could have went home. If that was the last day of the hunt, it would have been perfect. But then to continue on and spend another five or six days um, and just learning so much. Together. I mean, like we just went off each other because we didn't know. I mean, we were both elk hunted, but we didn't. See, I felt a lot more confident in the time thinking you already knew a bunch of that. Oh, no. I, I, I just thought I was learning. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, I, just knew, I just knew that there was a bugle. I know what they do, and we're going to go after them. But we did. We learned a lot, and, and you know, that's one of those. That I think that changed our outlook on hunting a lot because, yeah. you know, if, if I had to give everything up, it, I would – but get it if I could only get one tag a year, it would be a tag in a wilderness somewhere that we had to pack in and to pack in and be in that many around that many animals was just yeah, that was cool. It's cool. Sucked that we didn't, you know, get that bull that we were after because he was he was a big one, massive, but 
you know, that's that one that got away. That's what, you know, keeps you going back, and maybe there's a chance. Yeah. See one like that again someday. Yeah, yeah. it's it's the – it's a heartburn, but it's it's definitely keeps you – it's a driver. Yeah. We, we knew going into it, we, we talked about it, that it was going to suck. Um, well, I knew, like, the amount of money I spent on that tag. I was just like, hey, we're going after a big one. Like we had several opportunities to shoot an, a nice bull, but I was just like, "Hey, we know what's up here, so we're gonna push for that big boy." And once we finally got eyes on him the fourth day, I was like, "Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna do that. We're gonna continue on that one." And it was just a, it was a fire. We, I mean, we were jumping the the deadfall that was in there. Oh yeah, we got lost in it at <laughs> night. Got turned around. I got scared for a second. <laughs> It was uh, it was spooky. We 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 overestimated our physical abilities. Yeah. Uh, we we quickly learned that we did not train enough to to pack in because we loaded our packs for the first trip in as seen on it. TV, and we were just like, oh, we yeah, made yeah, it about a hundred yards, <laughs> and you know I knew I wasn't going to be able to keep up with Callahan because he's you know, twenty years younger, and we we made it about a hundred yards from the truck, and I was like, hey. He's just kind of bebop along. I'm like, Callahan. And he turns around with this look on his face. And I was like, uh, I don't know if this is going to work. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we dropped about half our stuff um, and repack. And Heck, we got one of those. those uh, we took those dollies. those uh, uh, Some kind of cart, yeah. I will never do that again. In my yeah, life. that was worse. Yeah, it, was. it was easier it on your back. Like four hours to get up there and. It should have yeah. took us an hour, but it was still, it was one I'll forever remember, and I know you will too. So, we know why we hunt. We know why we, you know, do what we do. Why did we bring it to a podcast? Like, what, when you and, and Ashley were dreaming this up and how this was going to go down, where did it come from? What, what? Uh, what spurred this? Mostly Ashley. So for, you know, those that don't know, she's, you know, fairly new to the team and the company. She's uh, she's sort of the the idea spawner of a lot of things to come and, and some of the most recent stuff. She's super creative. And, and this was, you know, something we'd sort of talked about over the years. But, you know, when she comes up with an idea it's like it's not really hey you guys want to do a podcast it was like hey i've got this spreadsheet made up um, of doing a podcast and here's a bunch of ideas and how we can set it up and like pretty much had it all laid out on paper and um you know had so many good valid points you know as being a newer hunter um you know she she loves the outdoors she's come to know more hunting over the last couple of years being with the, sh you know, the show and the company, but it, it was her really laying it out to, you know, what she's gotten from being around us, um, for the last year or so that sort of made, you know, made me realize that we can do some good. Um, you know, so, so moving forward, what, what really the, the purpose of the podcast is, is not so much just for us to reminisce and tell our stories, which, you know, is going to be a lot of it, but in those stories, 
um, you know, we've, we've done a lot. We've experienced a lot, all of us. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And to be able to share those experiences and the things that we've learned with, you know, everybody listening in hopes that, you know, they'll maybe not make this mistakes that we did, um, you know, be able to teach them things that we learned, give them ideas or, you know, maybe spawn some creativity in them uh, to try new things or venture out farther than they thought they would. Um, you know, we're, we all have different experiences at, and, and we're all at different levels. We have our own unique strengths and weaknesses. And so for us to be able to get together and talk about those things and relay this to listeners um, really in hopes that, you know, we can spread the love of hunting and the love of outdoors and, you know, entertain them, at, but mostly, you know, teach, uh, give, give something worth back to, you know, all the listeners, because like, it means a lot to me thinking about all of what I've learned from you guys and from, you know, the hunting industry for the most part is, is full of so many great people that are so willing to help and answer questions. Um, and I've, I've been super fortunate to, you know, be able to ask questions about things to you guys and not feel stupid. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly learning. We're constantly realizing when we think we've got it figured out that we don't. Um, and you know, we've, we're in a fortunate situation to be able to do this for a living and hunt more than most people, therefore learning more and mm -hmm. to be able to pass that on, um, I think is huge. And really that would be, I guess, the, the reason why, um, you know, to, to, to give back. Well, I was so yeah. like inclined to do this because there's so much in between that you can't fit on a segment. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you that's mean what it, your whole thing like is just a, about, but just, you mean like in an episode? Yeah. 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 I mean, what, and another thing, you know, we'll, to keep people updated on everything about Inside Outdoors TV, um, you know, we're going to, we'll start doing podcasts uh, of each episode after we produce an episode and, and get it to the network. We'll sit down and, and sort of discuss it more at length because you got, you know, a week long hunt or better that you got to sum up in, in 20 minutes. Yeah. on the network, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of pick through those hunts, um, explain more, maybe, you know, since it's going to be on YouTube and, and rumble some other areas that, uh, you know, are, that are going to show the video. What areas are, is this going to be on like what platforms? Uh, there's, there's so many and we're going to try to keep up with all and continue to grow with all the different platforms that, uh, I mean, we know YouTube is going to be on podcast. Apple. It's going to be on the Spotify, uh, Rumble, uh, and several others, but those are, you know, popular ones I know. Yeah, it'll be, you know, if you're listening to this, it's also, you know, you'll be able to watch the video right out of the gate on YouTube, um, Rumble. I think you were saying there's a, one of the, that used to be just an audio podcast that's now, is it Spotify? Spotify, yeah. That also has video. Yeah, I don't know how that works or if we'll be able to get that, but. I yeah, mean, and I think we'll have to figure it out yeah. as we go, oh, yeah. you know. Where it ends up, you know, it's hopefully everywhere that we can get it. Um, but I think, you know, when you guys originally dreamed this up, it was a YouTube type of idea and, and 
you know, throw something audio out there, but maybe we'll surprise ourselves and see where it ends up. And we can reach a whole lot more people this way too, that may not have the time to watch TV, but driving down the road, they can turn on a podcast and they're like, Oh, maybe these guys aren't too bad. You know, it might gain a few more there. Uh, or just, you know, we're, we're here to entertain. That's why we're doing, you know, majority of this is to entertain people and, you know, bring them into our lifestyle. Uh, so, you know, this is a form of entertainment to where we can get out there and, like Tim said, give them pointers what not to do because we've done it uh, and just, you know, hit a few more points that maybe they didn't know about. Spread yeah. the love, spread yeah. the knowledge. I think it's another one of those pinch me type of moments as well because, you know, we all listen to podcasts and, you know, whether it's... I never thought I'd be a part of one, you, you honestly. Know, I mean, you know... I mean, obviously the biggest thing out there, and you know, everybody listens to Joe Rogan and, but you know, in the hunting industry, (laughs) um, you you know, the meat eater podcasts and, and to be here and, and doing it. And, you know, it's like, they had to start somewhere. Well, I don't want to tell, you know, Matt and Tim and I's age, but, (laughs) and maybe not as much Tim, because like you said, you didn't, you know, grow up, you know, you didn't have a, a mentor that took you out as a kid hunting as much, but you know, Matt and I, I don't know how many magazines we had to read and, and, you know, we took it as gospel, like absolute, you know, if you read it in, you know, field and stream or, you know, any of those magazines, um, it was, that's how you did it period. And you interpreted it yourself. There was no explanation to it. It was a writer and you went out there and tried it and you're like, I'm not doing something right because this ain't working for me. I ain't seen nothing. Well, then going back to uh, the monster buck videos, you know, just there there was nothing better on TV. He did it. It worked. Hey, Callahan, there was this deal called VHS. When? (laughs) (laughs) And we used to watch it. We sat down and watch them like it was. Before the war. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and just watch them over and over and over and like you know can tell you I can tell you at a few primos video VHS. monster buck videos when the, as soon as the hunt comes on I can tell you where the deer's gonna go and which tree he's gonna rub and and you know to watch David Blanton and those guys I mean just it was but growing up before those came out and we were reading magazines there wasn't anybody to talk to about anything to watch on TV you know like our local stuff every now and again oklahoma wildlife department had a little you know regional show and you'd watch that and pick out everything you could so you know the opportunity to to teach and you know it's not like i'm some know-it-all i i mean i i've only reason i know stuff is because i've screwed up so much that i know how to not do it and so the opportunity to let people not make the mistakes that we've made, like you said, um, I look forward to it. Yeah. And and the little things that, you know, you'd learn in the industry because we get to, you know, rub elbows and, and run hunting strategy by some really, really, I mean, like true woodsmen. And, and the reason that they've, you know, killed the deer or the elk and the things that the experiences they've had is they've just done it and done it and done it and you know we've had the opportunity to pick their brain and i just it'd be nice to to give that back like we were talking about but then also we're on a podcast 
you know, <laughs> to get to sit around and talk about this stuff and and uh, just enjoy the time and and there's a lot of time in between. So to yeah. feel that, to be able to kind of keep that, and to fill in the details yeah. for what we don't get to talk about, because, like I said, how many how many total minutes of a hunt do we get to put on the air? About twenty twenty two minutes. Yeah, and that's a six to eight day hunt, and we get to pin it down to twenty minutes, and we just can't really get into the detail. How many episodes have y'all done in seventeen years? Well, this this will be our seventeenth year, so well, two hundred and I mean, if you know, thirteen episodes a year for sixteen years, about two hundred and eight episodes, give or take. You know, you, there are some years where, especially like when COVID hit and we couldn't travel as much. You know, we we were shy a couple episodes there, but yeah, I mean, let's say a little over two hundred episodes. Well, you know, doing that with two guys, and now we have five. There's going to be a lot of hunts. A lot of stories. A lot of stories. Well, yeah, and that's you've done two hundred episodes that aired. Yeah, How many right, have you done? Right, that, right. That, yeah. Um, you know, we went out there and twiddled our thumbs <laughs> for six <laughs> days. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it's awesome. It's a great opportunity to get to expand on what we do and and you know, kind of let people you know behind the curtain and a little bit more of who Be more we are part of it yeah. yeah who we are and and uh, you know just truly get down to the the grassroots of it yeah. well i can honestly say you know I, I appreciate you guys being you know part of this team and you know part of my extended family and uh i look forward to to you know this extra chapter this this new endeavor and and hope the listeners you know over the next however many years get get something out of this and love it and appreciate it and, you know, either get into the outdoors or become better outdoorsmen because of this. It would be our goal. So, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Yep. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. Thank appreciate you, you making that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get inside outdoors Keep up with IOTV on social media for all their latest news, tips, and giveaways.